Welcome, lovers, to another episode of Oh So Smitten, the wedding podcast. If you're in your bride era, then this podcast needs to be your new obsession. Of course, I needed no excuse then to chat with the divine Amelia from Champagne Tower, Sydney. We covered all the finer details that you need to consider when choosing to have a Champagne Tower moment as part of your day, including photo opportunities, choice of location, and height allowances. I learned so much from this episode, so I just know how much value it will be for you. Let's get straight into today's episode. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I am so excited to chat all things Champagne Towers. How could anyone complain about that? Oh, I know. I know. I think I'm very lucky to have a job that whenever I mention what I do, it's always met with a smile and and questions and everyone's happy. Yeah, There would be so much intrigue around what it is that you have created um, with your business. So tell me how it all came about. So it started back in, uh, I can't remember the year, but do you remember when they filmed The Great Gatsby in Manly? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, so it was a really big deal on the Northern Beaches um, up at ICMS College. They shut it down. They didn't shut it down, actually. They they managed to shoot a movie while there were students living there and wow. having classes. And it was just fascinating to watch. Uh, and then they released this movie and it was quite quick. But all of the corporate events that year were champ- uh, 1920s, Great Gatsby yep. themed. And at the time I had an events business and so we – invested in candelabras and yep. sparkles and we were really going that whole 1920s style, uh, which I loved. Yeah. It always looked good. It always transforms a venue. And so Champagne Towers became an organic product add-on. Yes. And I just noticed that every time we built one, everyone was happy. Yeah. Everyone is understands exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. And it's something that I can you know, teach staff how to build and it conveys perfectly every time. Yes. And it, guests love it, clients love it. Um, it's just an all-round people pleaser. And so yeah. it was just something that, you know, I really enjoyed doing, which I think helps. Yeah. And it just took, had a life of its own from there. Incredible. And I completely agree because I feel like it's a moment within people's day, whether it's at the ceremony or whether it's later on at the reception, I feel like that there is just a a moment in time where people are just so happy to be involved and to view it and watch it. It's just incredible. And it is exactly that. It's a moment. And I was only having this discussion earlier on today with um, a prospective couple and I was saying to them, you know, it really is just a moment. And so I need to help you to actually make the most of that moment. Yep. Um, so it is exactly that. It's a champagne tower moment. It is so fleeting. And so we know that part of our job is more than just supplying the champagne tower itself, but it's helping you get organized to make the most of that moment because it's so fleeting. You yep. literally have 60 seconds to get all of your guests around the right music playing, your photographer, your videographer, the bottles have to be Mm -hmm. opened and chilled and everything has to be just And you know what? I feel this so much and this resonates with me. Oh, 
I just can't even explain because not only am I about all the details, you know, for couples day as their celebrant. So I'm really considering like the photo opportunity moments that they have within a ceremony and going through all of the decisions that they could have a part of their day. So, you know, you might not want this, but I'm just going to give it to you all. And then you're going to pick and choose to craft the most unique ceremony that really reflects them as a couple. However, I am seeing other elements within the day and I'm just kind of sometimes cringing because I'm like, oh, that could have been so much more seamless if the champagne bottles were opened or where's the music to create the ambience or how come it's like in that location? Like, so I, I feel you. And this is exactly why I reached out to you because I have seen it more often than not, like where it, you know, absolutely for everyone else who's, you know, viewing it, it looks incredible, divine, and it is a moment, but sometimes you're just a bit like, like as a vendor. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Have you ever been to an event where they've had a champagne tower and they don't have any music? I I can't recall the music. Sometimes I'm sure I just block it out if there is that opportunity, but oh, yeah. I can't imagine it's it. This, it's a strange phenomenon. So I have seen it time and time again where uh, if the couple don't have music available or there's no speakers or the quartet somewhere else and they have their champagne towel moment all the guests get out their phones yeah and they take a video of the champagne towel moment because it's quite unique not many people have seen a champagne towel let alone flow moment it's really exciting and they really want to capture it to share it Mm -hmm. on socials later but no one speaks says a word because they don't want to hear the sound of their own voice over the video when they replay it later yeah or share it on socials so you get this silence it's just like eerily quiet it's so eerily quiet and it's this awkward moment so something else that we do talk our couple through is what music means something to you yeah that's fun and happy and celebratory and yep. reflects you in this moment whether it be champagne showers or yes uh, you know something from James Bond yeah you know just yeah, it's like what kind of mood do you really want to like articulate in that time because just yeah. like you have a song for like walking down the aisle and then walking out and it's an exit song and it's like really you know high energy I feel like yes. you know agreed champagne showers is like what a vibe <laughs> yeah I know and um there's a beautiful harpist Rebecca Harp yep. I think it's her Instagram handle and she was at a wedding that we did at Peterson House in Hunter Valley recently incredible beautiful like harp like angelic music to go yep. along with a champagne towel moment it was just brilliant yes so when you and can really curate thing. that moment yes it really yeah it can be like ma- what moment. it is for you as a couple, like what, how you want that to be reflected, I think is really beautiful because the song that you choose obviously to have, um, you know, for that moment, once you walk down the aisle, I've had a lot of couples choose that time, um, will be a very different song if you're having it like at your reception. Yes. Yeah. So if it's an outdoor ceremony, garden ceremony, yeah. uh, the way it's going to sound outside is so different to how it's going to sound inside oh, and wow. you know, where your guests are in yeah. the journey of your day. Yeah, all of that considered. Yes, amazing. I have so many questions around this. I'm, as I said, so I know, passionate. For days about this. I know yeah. because <laughs> people like might think that like, yes, it's an incredible moment, but they might just kind of have it as an afterthought of like, yep, I want a champagne tower. So like, let's just book that and then tick that off and the list. What it happens all the mm-hmm. time. It amazes me how often I get inquiries for next week. 
yes. two weeks' time next month. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, we can be booked out a year and a half. Yeah. I've got my books open for 2025. Yeah. And, you know, and I hate saying no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I very rarely say no, but we've had to start saying no because people are wanting it at the last minute and yeah. we're just so heavily booked. And we can have up to, like, we have capacity to do yeah. five champagne towers in a day. Yeah. Um, and we wow. just really need, you have to really work that run sheet so that, you know, we yeah. can accommodate everybody's venue and requirements and absolutely well I'm going to try and just go through the questions just as I'm hoping for anyone who's listening they're asking the same things and hopefully we're going to answer all of those little details that make a big difference so when a couple are choosing a champagne towel for their day if I was getting married again next week I would absolutely be having a champagne towel moment so indoor outdoor what's the difference all right, I love an outdoor tower. The only time it gets tricky is when it's really windy. Yes. Wind is so much worse than rain. I rain can't deal with the wind. However, yeah. we do have a technique that we use with our towers to make them more structurally stable outside. Yep. So we do outdoor towers all the time. Mm-hmm. We can. We've mastered that. Eight years of yes. champagne towers. And I know Absolutely. To I'm sure you're all over it. All over it. Uh, so you are safe with us. Um, the biggest risk to a champagne tower is actually drums. If you've got Brazilian drums, Greek drums, yep. Lebanese drums, and I love drums at a wedding. Yeah. I just think they're brilliant. There's such an awesome moment when those like, big, yep. you know, 12-person drumming bands. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. But it is the worst enemy of a champagne tower because the glasses oh my God. vibrate apart. So if someone does have drums at that wedding, I say, well, can we do it in the pre-function space? Yep. So as your guests arrive, we can do the champagne tower for cocktail hour and then pack down everyone from the reception room and the two spaces you're going to float out of. Um, outdoor towers, just have to think about a little bit of shade. In the middle of summer, if you've got a champagne tower out there in the blazing sun, the glasses act like uh, magnifying glasses and they yep. heat up and they get so hot that you pour good quality champagne in there and your guests will be disappointed because they've got a warm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just thinking about the sun, a little bit of shade, um, a backup plan always. And if it's indoors, just make sure that it's not going to be around a big speaker, you know, make sure you don't have a speaker yes. right behind it um, or that it's not in a thoroughfare and you don't have drums. It's just crazy, isn't out. it? Because obviously, you know, I'm sure people would consider wind when it's in an outdoor environment, but all those other things like music speakers and drums and all of those things you just really don't consider. Yeah, and not to mention the stability of the ground as well. And you would think all indoor venues have a flat ground and they just don't they often yeah go up towards the sides of the walls yeah if you're in a church hall sometimes those timber floors can be quite bouncy yeah you've got it on a stage that can also be really bouncy yeah so the type of flooring it goes on is really important as well so if you have a marquee you have to be really careful yeah and I'm sure you would have seen so many venues in your area and you would oh, have yeah. so much knowledge around different venues and what they can cater for. Um, so I guess that's like, you know, an incredible um, attribute that you would have when you're offering your services to couples is they're inquiring and they're saying, this is our venue. And you're able to just like speak on behalf of the venue of like, whether it's possible to be like indoor, outdoor, all of the things. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was just speaking to a lovely couple this morning about Sergeant's Mess in Mossman. Yep. And there were so many beautiful spots. You can have it with that gorgeous view of the harbour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was in the middle of winter. So I was like, oh, you know, why don't you have it? Because those stairs as you enter uh, against the glass walls, you'll have all the, the sparkly lights from yep. across the water. It will just really fit their theme so beautifully. Um, and, yeah, absolutely, there's not many venues in Sydney yeah. or the Southern Highlands or the Hunter Valley that we haven't been to yet. Yeah, so, yeah and that would that just be so do. comforting, I think, for a couple knowing that, like, you've seen so many venues, you can really give knowledge on, like, the different areas that people can have it. I feel like as a, you know, a bride or a groom who are planning their day, that would just be so, yeah, nice to hear. Yeah, I hope so. And just the logistics around yeah. access even. If you're having it in the Royal Botanic Gardens, that's tricky getting in and out of there at the right yeah. times. And, oh, yeah, my gosh. We do bring that service to our clients. Yeah. yeah. So once a couple has chosen that they want a champagne tower for their day, uh, they know the location, whether that be indoor, outdoor, or the time of day. Do you find couples are choosing all different times within their day to have a champagne tower moment? Because I've seen it very broadly used. Yes. So there is one time that I have discovered that just works the best every time yeah. for a number of reasons. And that time is the moment you walk back down the aisle. Yes. The moment you walk oh back my down gosh. the aisle. This is just like music to my time. ears because as part of my, um, you know, discussions with my couples, it's, you know, we go through the whole ceremony planning. And the biggest thing around all those details is I'm like, yep, it's going to be high energy. You're going to be walking back down the aisle. You're going to have an incredible song playing. The confetti confetti is going to be flying. And then where are you going? Um, it is yeah. sometimes super awkward, isn't it? So, so I have been, awkward. yeah, if it's not the champagne tower, um, it's, I'm like, someone has to have champagne for you or a cocktail ready or something for you to go straight to. Otherwise you just walk to the end and then you turn around to everyone to be like, come and give me a cuddle. <laughs> I know. And who do you say hello to first? Yeah, and, exactly. Yes. Thinking about that guest experience, yeah, I can assure you that they're getting ready. They've had their hair yes. and makeup and their dress, and they're there and they've waited yep. and they've had the ceremony. They really want a glass of champagne. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and if it's yeah. not being offered before, which I'm also yes. a big advocate for, um, yeah. is definitely those people who you know have been watching your ceremony. That whether they're in the sun, but they are wanting a drink. Let's be honest. When we go to yes. a wedding, we definitely just want to you know celebrate with you all. And sometimes they don't feel that they can come and congratulate you. Um, so everyone's a bit like, oh, oh. So I think yeah. that I completely agree. Having a champagne towel moment right as you walk down the aisle. Now, logistics for this. So as a, um, you know, for your company, are you there or are you just setting it up? Are like, is a member of your team there? Because I'm assuming you cater to so many venues a day. Mm. Every event is different. So if we go to the Highlands, for example, when mm-hmm. we go there, we have a package price, which is yep. more than if we did it in Sydney because it has to include our travel. And yep. so as a part of that, we will stay on site and yep. help you. So there's a three-hour turnaround period. We'll get there at 4 o'clock set up. Uh, 
guests will come around the towel with you at five o'clock for the champagne towel pouring moment. Yeah. So we always leave ourselves an hour. It doesn't take us that long, but we yep. leave ourselves that hour. And then we will uh, pack it up at about seven yep. as you go off to your reception. Yep. So in that scenario, we would be there to help once the bride and groom, bride and bride, groom and groom have poured their bottles into the top glass. Yep. We will then assist in pouring the rest of the glasses individually. And this is such a contentious topic about mm. what do you do? You pre-pour? Do you? Oh, because I know. some people get so disappointed. They expect that one bottle will fill the whole tower. And mm. some of the guests are looking like, what happened? It's just stopped. Like, but when do you think one bottle yeah. is going to fill 140 glasses in a seven-tier tower? It takes so long. So and many. if you stand there and try and pour that tower just into the top glass via the overflow method, you were going to be there for at least 20 it's, minutes. And by then exactly. everyone's gone. Yeah. Gone to the pub. And everyone's a bit like, oh, come on. Like this is a bit yeah. awkward it's now. So it long. is, yeah. So we don't pre-pour. And the reason we don't pre-pour is because I like to leave the champagne tower is that sacred moment yeah. for the married couple to pour themselves, to christen their tower. Yeah. And I just, I feel like I'm cheating when I'm pre-pouring. Yeah. I've got yeah, to you'll be like, oh, I'm getting it. Yeah, like, I'm getting oh, to it first. <laughs> I took the moment from them. Yeah. So I love it when they christen the tower. Yeah. And also I found that if you leave it to your venue, if we're not there, if we mm -hmm. have one of those days where we're just building the towers, leaving and coming back later, uh, the venue pre-pours a little bit too early yeah. because um, maybe – they do it when everyone claps, which is often the signing, but they take that as their cue to go pull the tower. Yeah. But really, you've got another yes. few minutes sometimes, yeah. depending yeah. on what's going on. And by the if it's a hot day, it's gone flat, it's gone warm. Mm. And again, you're just not respecting the quality of the champagne. Yeah. And then the champagne's kind of going to waste because everyone's just going to sit there and people don't feel like they and can you know take what? it. It happens when it's not considered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come back to events at the end of the night, and the champagne tower is just still there, completely yeah. full. No one's touched it because the guests didn't know that they could go up and take their own glass, yes. which we yeah. encourage. Yeah, uh, or the venue just didn't have enough time to do tray service out to everybody seated at their table. Yes, That's another reason why we love having the tower straight after the ceremony because everyone's yep. standing. Yeah, they want a glass. They take. They their kind glass. of it's yeah. They wasted. need somewhere to drink, and they want yes. that drink. So it's about. Yeah, and it's all those little logistics. Now, you have different heights of yes. champagne towers. So is that going on the amount of guests that you have or is that going on how extravagant you want it to look? So I'm a big supporter of it's how extravagant you want to be. Yeah. It very rarely has anything to do with the sensibility of yeah. matching up the number of guests to the number yes. of glasses, unless it's your only drink option after a garden ceremony. Yeah. Then you want to make sure that there is enough glasses for yeah. everybody. But not everybody wants a glass either. Some people yeah. are pregnant, some people are not drinking, yeah. some people just want water. I also think that, that drink of a champagne, not everyone drinks champagne. Like it's a quite yeah. – um, you know, it's just one of those drinks that you either drink it or you don't. Right. Um, so, yeah. So with it with, with sizes, we start at five tier. And the reason I start at five tier is because anything less than that to me just looks really underwhelming and disappointing. Yeah. And I would hate for anyone to ever feel like they were disappointed yeah. in one of our champagne towers. Yeah. So we start at five tiers and that has 55 glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes that's perfectly enough for an event. Uh, from there, we have six tiers with 91 glasses, 
70 with 140 glasses. And it's really those two sizes yep. that are the most frequent. Popular. Yeah. And then from there, you need a ladder to be able to pull the tower. Oh, Unless my really gosh. Tall. Yes. So Imagine. 90s, 10s. I'm happy to go as high as you want. The tallest tower we've built is 16 tiers. And we did that for Moet Imperial's 150th anniversary in Australia. Oh, and my gosh. I cannot tell you how nervous I was because I had never done it before. I was just building a champagne tower with exactly the same technique as I've built every single one of them before. And I just figured, well, I wouldn't be able to look. I would just have my eyes closed or something. I would just be like, this is too stressful. It was really wild. I was a little bit stressed, but it was so incredibly beautiful. It's definitely one of the highlights of my careers in Champagne Towers. Oh, incredible. Um, And the town hall just looked beautiful with the right lighting and the atmosphere and the music. They had a quartet playing. Um, It was a little bit, I was hoping it wasn't going to jinx me. It was at James Bond Skyfall. Oh, oh, wow. Please, please no. Yeah. But really, please don't get, reflect yeah, this song. <laughs> we're not falling down there. Um, it really, when you get that tall, becomes a logistical issue of you need a ladder tall mm-hmm. enough and it needs to be safe enough. Because yes. When you climb to the top of that ladder, you need to reach out so yes. far that literally my champagne lady was on one, like in high heels, on one foot, leaning over with a bottle of champagne like this. And it was just oh my gosh I think I saw that picture on your socials and I was just like wow yeah and because we'd never done one that big before it was really a collaboration with the client Mm -hmm. to figure out how we're going to do it you know and just make it work and it's like almost every other one when people are choosing those more popular options is just like amazing of course we can do that that's a breeze yeah I'm like don't worry about it it's fine it's easy it's, oh. and you know what people get really nervous about the fragility of the tower mm-hmm. and they just don't need to be I mean yes you need to be careful it is a tower of glasses yeah but I've seen kids bump into them and I've seen yeah. videographers walk backwards into them photographers walk oh into my them. gosh um bride's dresses get caught on the drip tray and we build it in a way so that we minimize those disasters yeah and we've had very very few incidents where that has actually resulted in the glasses breaking oh my god they just slides <laughs> on the stand we just make it that way so that we can you know, avoid those disasters yes so what should couples be considering for that exact moment so I know it can come down to lighting for example it's in the reception it's like making sure it's in the right space of the room and the music and I'm sure the way in which people are standing like can you go over a little bit about that absolutely so all those things you just said lighting so if it's not during daytime hours where's your light source Mm -hmm. coming from and who's supplying that um, the music, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, who's supplying the music? Where is it coming from? Yeah. What's your song? Do they know to yeah. play at the right I time? know. And is it like on cue so it's not like yeah. glitchy? There's nothing worse. Yes. And then in terms of the location, the actual floor space we need for a tower isn't that big. We just need about one metre square. Mm-hmm. But exactly where are your guests going to be? Do you have a big dress? Where are you going to stand? And so, you know, there's places like Bendulia Estate down in Berrima is a beautiful example where there's a set of stairs leading up to a water feature. And so we love to build it there because yeah. it creates this natural space, like an amphitheater where your guests can come and watch you from this beautiful space. Um, in, in a park, we would do it 
back towards the end of the aisle so that as you walk back down the aisle, you go straight into pouring that yeah. flower. And what it actually cues is all your guests to come close to you. So yes. They're, they're there ready for the photo. Yeah. Because we know then that's the next thing that happens. The photographer gets everybody together to get the big group shot after the ceremony. And if there's a champagne tower, it naturally forms that. Yes. Tower. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, if you're in a reception venue, we like to do the tower sometimes right in the middle of the dance floor. So Ooh. it's, you know, front and centre. Everyone can see it. They know, like, you know, is that yes. depending or when's yeah. the moment going to be? And then you don't need to worry about, you know, well, then what happens because the glasses are then distributed to the guests on their table and there's just the stand and the drip tray and that can be easily yeah. put to the side. Um, pre-function spaces, we just need to make sure it's not in a thoroughfare. We need to make sure that we've got access to cold drinks at the bar or, you know, champagne buckets with ice. So that's another thing. If you don't have a garden wedding, we need to make sure that there's enough ice there yep. to keep all the champagne cold. Um, yeah. And just, I guess, ensuring that there is enough champagne, because that's probably what I see a lot of as well, is that there's like two bottles, one each, they pour it, and then everyone's like, oh. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Where? And then I'm usually running around like an absolute nutter trying to find more champagne. I'm trying to like pop the champagne. Um, yes. So it's all about having that ready to go. So it's just like a continuous flow. Yes. So with that, we say theoretically, yep. you will receive six glasses per 750 ml bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. That is the standard calculation that any caterer will use. Yep. With that considered, you have to remember that if you're pouring into that top glass and there's overflow, you're not going to fill up six glasses. You yes. might fill up three or four. If you are pouring the glasses individually, so you've had the overflow moment, now your waiter is pouring the glasses individually for guests to come and take, I find that you can get about eight to ten glasses out of that method using our 200 ml glasses because you only need to fill them up, you know, 100 ml, for example. Yes. It really is just that toasting after the ceremony. Um, so we also like to use magnums. And the reason I love a magnum is, one, it's a better quality champagne. Yeah. And, two, that pouring of the bottle, when you first pour, you're going to get more value out of that. Yes, so right. Two people pouring a magnum each, that's the equivalent of pouring four bottles. So you're going to get, you know, lots of splash. Yes. And we always recommend them to hold the bottle nice and tall above that top glass mm-hmm. because it's going to bring you lots of splash and lots of bubbles yep. and foaming, which looks amazing in the in the photos. Yeah. And, and it's like as the couple, they should practice that moment so they know actually how they're going to stand because sometimes people can look a little bit awkward and it's like, oh, hang Absolutely. on, I'm trying to get this photo or you've um videographers there and they're trying to capture it but you're like hang on I feel really awkward but I want this to be like an absolute vibe because obviously people are choosing it to have as part of their day because they've seen it from somewhere the the inspiration has come from an incredible moment which sometimes can be a styled shoot um where there are all of those thought processes that have been Mm -hmm. considered Yes, where we've got an hour to pour a champagne yes. as opposed to five <laughs> minutes. But yes, if you're anything like me and have claw hands, you definitely want to think about how you want to yeah. pour the bottle. 
and we actually send our couples a photography guideline. Oh, incredible. And it just gives them a little bit of a prompt as to, okay, where are you going to place it? What music are you going to have? Where's your lighting coming from? Does your photographer and videographer know that this is going to happen? Yeah. And how are you going to hold it? How many bottles are you going to pour? Yeah. How many are going to be opened? Because the other mistake that can happen too is a venue might open 20 bottles, but you only use 10 and what are you going to do? Yes. Bottles that are open now, you know? So, um, you know, that problem can go both ways. Yes. Um, but yes, how you're standing and, or if it is a big bottle, like some people use a Jeroboam or a Methuselah and these bottles are big, yeah. they're really heavy and sometimes it's hard. And if you're wearing a dress that's off your mm-hmm. shoulders, we also have a discussion about that. So I check what type of dress you're wearing yep. and if it's going to be difficult for you to actually raise your Poor, arms yeah. your head. And you also don't want to get that shot straight up the armpit from the other yeah. side of the champagne <laughs> towel from your photographer. Yes. So we cover all of those things and we yeah. don't leave you in a situation where you get the photos and think, oh, yeah, all of that just for these dodgy shots. Yeah, so we make sure we go through all of those in detail and that it's fully prepared and all of your other suppliers know about it. And the best thing about this industry is that um, we have such beautiful relationships yeah. between stylists and venues and caterers and photographers and that, you know, we get to see each other yes. almost every weekend. So we all work together so beautifully. So I think I was listening to your podcast last week with Emma from A Rose Touch. Yes. And she she touched on that where she was saying um, you want to have suppliers that yeah. all know each other and communicate with each other and work yeah. with each other and know how it flows. And yeah, I couldn't agree. It makes a huge you. difference, doesn't it? Because when you're working it with a team a that you already know how they work. Um, and that's why mm-hmm. I always say is to trust your vendors. If they're referring people know that they are referring them hand on heart because they've worked with them before and they love their energy and what they bring to your day. Um, yeah, absolutely. We had an issue last a few weeks ago. We were doing a wedding in the Botanic Gardens and the groom came and he said, I've lost the musicians. They've gone to the wrong venue. We don't know where they are. And my partner, who is so wonderful and comes to join me sometimes yes, incredible. on really weekends, he's like, I'm on it. He's out there on Macquarie Street in the middle of the city flagging down the musicians, moving cones, getting them in. And you just, that's just what happens. Yeah when you have suppliers yeah. that know each other and, you know, doing this yeah. weekend in, weekend out, they know how to, you know, what it takes. Yeah. To just Everyone will always like in jump in for people yeah. to make it the absolute dream for that couple. That's what everyone is there yeah. for. So it's like, yes. perfect. If you need help with flowers, we I'm here. Each other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Now, how far out, I know you mentioned before that some people are leaving this, you know, quite last minute for a choice, whether it be around budgeting or just finding out about it. How far out should people be choosing or booking for their day? I love it when I have a year. Yeah. And the reason I love, I don't need that for myself. Yeah. I need that because that's the time that you're choosing your venue, choosing your stylist. Mm -hmm. And for the champagne towel to be considered at that time is when I've noticed you get the best results. Yes. When the champagne towel is considered from day one and not just a last minute addition because Sometimes when you have those big weddings and you've got 20 different suppliers, yep. by the time you add something in the last two weeks, yep. it just, it looks like. It's yeah, it's an minute. added It really last does. minute. The stylist doesn't want to change their look. Yeah. They've been working on this for months. 
and it's you know perfectly budgeted and perfectly timed and they've got just the thing mm-hmm. on the staff to make it work you throw in a champagne tower and it doesn't really help anybody mm-hmm. so we love it when there's a good year and it also means that you know you're locked in yes you take a 30 percent deposit and it's secured knowing that you've got that date secured it's one less thing that you need yep. to consider closer to the date i also loved that you have a couple of different options for colors um so you have the clear but then you also have the black which is incredibly sleek yeah we have black and we have white and we very rarely use them i think we're going to use them twice yeah so wow to do that go ahead yeah I, I think any way you can make a champagne yep. tower a little bit different um we're all up for it yeah and sure. are people mostly opting for the clear they are opting for the clear and you can see why, yeah. you know, beautiful outdoor wedding, sunshine, mm-hmm. it's fresh, it's clean, it comes up so beautifully in photos. Yeah. Um, so I can understand yeah. that. Um, and even we have invested in some new glasses that are more crystal cup style. Yep. So that vintage look mm. that's so popular. Yep. But I actually prefer the plain glass. Yeah, just the classic. the light better. Because what happens with when you have a lot of light shone on the champagne towel with a crystal cup mm-hmm. is it just reflects white. Yes, I see. So it's a different look. It doesn't look as clean and crisp as the clean, yeah. standard, plain coupe. Yeah. Oh, I love that insight. Now, 2023 is quickly coming to a close. So what do you have planned for 2024? Okay, 2024, I think... I would love to do more Sabrage. Yes. Have you seen Sabrage? I haven't. No. So Sabrage is something that Napoleon started Mm -hmm. back in the day when he was on the back of his horse and defeating, in defeat and in winning a war, he would draw his saber and knock the top of a bottle off and it would signify that they had, you know, conquered this part of their planet yes and they would celebrate as an army as a team and um it became a bit of an event tradition coming out of france wow and uh now we have a collection of sabers and we've got the insurance to cover it at your venue my anywhere. gosh that's incredible and, um yeah we love performing sabrage at events so we have a, a set price if we're just doing sabrage yep. so we don't have to do a tower and sabrage or we can give you a good price for doing Sabrage and your champagne tower at your event. And it just includes us either teaching the couple yep. how to do it themselves and just standing back and letting them wow. have the Sabrage moment, or we can do the Sabrage ourselves. And it can actually be used as an entertainment piece yeah. in cocktail hour for your guests to learn how to do it themselves. So cool. I love that. Cool. And it's, it's like so if you fun. didn't think the champagne tower was elevating your, you know, yeah. wedding experience enough, like adding that just really takes it to a whole new level. It is really good fun. And, you know, if someone has seen a champagne tower, they definitely haven't seen Sabrage and they definitely haven't given it go themselves. I know. So it can be a really unique entertainment piece. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, that would just imagine the guest experience witnessing that, but also being able to have a go themselves. 
I know it's really fun and we love doing it and you know at all my Christmas and birthday events I'm always <gasps> surprising and having um you know teaching my friends and family how to do it and I just love it that's incredible oh so much goodness and I feel well I hope that after listening to this episode that couples who are choosing to have a champagne tower for their day have so much more to consider now to ensure that that moment is exactly what they envision well, thank you for asking all the excellent questions no allowing me to, you know, go through the intricacies oh, of what we do. I'm here for all the details and the more that I can share. I know we had a little chat before we started recording today, but this is why I started the podcast was because I'm so passionate about couples being able to just elevate their day to make it so bougie. We are here for all of that. Um, yeah, but there's nothing better than that awesome moment when it all comes Absolutely. Together. So thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much. Now, lovers, that is all there is time for today. I hope you adored this episode just as much as I did. As you indulge, be sure to share away on your socials, tagging at ohsosmitten underscore so I can feature you and, of course, do a sneaky follow and stalk on your wedding day. I would be so grateful if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, five star, of course, and share the love of the podcast to those who are about to walk down the aisle. Be sure to check out and join the official Smitten Love Book over on Facebook. These are our people because remember, no one loves talking about your wedding day more than those about to say I do. I'm here to make your day that little bit more intentional and curated with all the finer details. Within this community, choose kindness. And as always, I acknowledge the land in which I'm recording this podcast. I can't wait to chat next week, lovers. Bye-bye.